0: You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show.
1: Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Road in West Monroe on this lovely Tuesday morning in the house, co hosted We've had a n- cast of characters joining us. Dick Martin continues to be out. Probably one of our biggest characters, the professor, Nick Harris.
2: Is that a fat joke or are you talking about <laughs> my stature?
1: What's up, Buck? What's Thanks for coming in this morning.
2: Aaron, I greatly appreciate you calling me in, man. I always love uh, coming in to Sports Talk. My, my, It's home. It's good to be home.
1: Mm. Well, so you need to, to clean up in. a little bit if it's home.
2: Well, you know, I, I can do a little spring cleaning. Coming uh-huh. here with the, the Lysol and the Clorox <laughs> clean stuff up you know pick up around here but it's always good to be here Uh, always good to be on with you always have fun i am a morning person i usually get up super early Uh, are you
1: being honest there professor
2: i'm serious man like usually you know i'm I'm, i I teach on a regular people know that most people know that Mm -hmm. and when i'm teaching i get up at five o'clock in the morning so during the summer I usually get up at 5 o'clock in the morning as well. Nice. You know, it's just That's just the way my body works.
1: So I shouldn't have been worried this morning when it was uh, 6.52 and you were in a no-show and I was getting a little antsy.
2: I live a block away, Aaron. <laughs> well,
1: I should just come knock on your door some more. <laughs> yes. Right, well, you, you'd be up. You're probably out <laughs> doing the yard anyway. I'm so. a
2: block away from the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could have walked here around 6.50 and still got here in time for the show. So.
1: Uh, summer vacation. Fabulous. Enjoying your time off.
2: It's it's good, man. I'm enjoying myself. It's right. it's restful. Uh
1: getting a lot of time to
2: getting a lot of t- is this better, John? He's sending me messages. You got to get in the microphone, son. See, he
1: always has to tell the rookies that come in here, the Tim Whitmans and those that have filled in that they need to talk into the mic. Well, and you're supposed to be the grizzled per- <laughs> The grizzled professor, oh, the am. grizzled vet, and, and, you, and now you're messing with all. And, and well, we just got those that mic, and now you're yeah, jostling it, it all around. I am because it's so. It's not. I'm trying to oh, stop there. it, please right, yeah. stop. <laughs> no, I, I, what do you want
2: me to do, John? I'm trying to wait just... till we
1: go to a break to fool with it.
2: No, well, you, you, you keep telling You're sending me messages while we're on the air, so you got to eat the mic.
1: See? I didn't say dribble it like a basketball.
2: See, I I enjoy coming on with you, Aaron. It's always good to be on with you, but your producer drives me
1: nuts. Uh, uh, We're off to a great start here. Only an hour and, uh, what, uh, 56 minutes to go here. Fantastic. You can get us up on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline slash text line, 888-993-7762. Go to StuartShelby.com for a free quote. Uh, Continue to pray for uh, Jake and, of course, his daughter Emerson, they did clear another hurdle yesterday, so they're hoping they continue to inch closer to perhaps taking Emerson home. So uh, if you get a minute, just think of uh, Jake and his family, and uh, hopefully they will be home very, very soon. we right. got another a number of he- headlines on this uh, Tuesday morning, things that perhaps are capturing your attention. We'll start with you, Prof. Anything uh, in the headlines in terms of the World Cup or College World Series that fascinates you right now?
2: Well, it's, it's hard for me to get into the World Cup because the U.S. isn't in it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they've had some great matches so far. Uh, Mexico registering an earthquake yeah, that's crazy, uh, from their it? celebration from scoring on Germany. That's, that's crazy, man. It's it, it reminds you of the beast quake uh, with uh, Marshawn Lynch mm-hmm. in the NFL where they registered an earthquake from their celebration. Uh, it's, 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 it's awesome to see... So many countries and so many people, you know, celebrating their people. I got a buddy of mine who's of Polish heritage that's looking forward to Poland's match today, which I think is at 10 o'clock. Mm. So, you know, it, it, it kind of it, it helps you find, you know, your team, your heritage, the people that you're supporting. And I know uh, that John Tabor is a big fan of the football So I know that he's enjoying World Cup right now as well. And the College World Series has been nuts so far. So it's just fun to see. You always talk about this being the dead time in sports, the dead time in sports radio and sports television, trying to find something to talk about. But there are so many things to talk about going on this week between the World Cup and uh, College World Series and the NBA draft Mm. coming up this week as well. Who's going to go where? You know, who, you know, who needs what and who are going to be the, the guys who can come in and contribute right away. College
1: so, World Series, yeah. uh, Mother Nature, they continue to battle each other and Mother Nature. Oregon State falls behind to Washington. They were actually down 5-4 to four in the 6th, but they rally in a big way. I believe they scored uh, 4 in the 7th, 5 in the 8th, and uh, Oregon State comes back to knock off Washington, so that eliminates the Huskies. Their first appearance in the College World Series and they are heading home. We mentioned Mother Nature, though, with that game getting delayed, so that meant it postponed the big matchup between Mississippi State and North Carolina. So what that means for today is we got three games on tap up there in Omaha. Mississippi, North Carolina will slug it out at 10 a.m., followed up with an elimination game between Florida and Texas at 2, and then tonight you have uh, Arkansas, the Razorbacks, versus Texas Tech. That one's slated around – to start around six o'clock or so
2: you know that's what's great about the college world series right now is sec is just loaded up in the college world series it's you know florida mississippi state arkansas uh they're they're really and and i've got friends who've been up in omaha who've been watching it uh going up to support it and they talk about how much they love being in omaha I, i really have to go visit because it's even when it's the World College World Series is not going on, just all of the attractions and all the cool things that are up in Omaha, I'd really love to go see it.
1: Uh, so three big games uh, today in the College World Series. We are your home for the Houston Astros. We are Whoop. their headquarters. Here's your Houston Astros update, and it is impressive. Alex Bregman had a uh, two-run walk-off double last night. Now the Astros have won 12 straight. That ties a franchise record. I think they've uh, posted that kind of winning streak twice before tonight they'll have an opportunity to break the record and you gotta like their chances with verlander on the mound tonight they beat uh tampa bay yesterday five to four that was bregman's second walk off this season pretty impressive astros are on fire
2: yes you know the defending world champions my houston astros who i love i, oh, I should have worn my uh championship shirt today mm. uh just you know i used to go and watch the astros when i was a kid you know summers off my dad lives in Houston, and I would go and visit him, and we would go to the Astrodome mm. to watch the Killer Bees. Yeah. And you know, it's it's so cool to see what the, how far they've come and what they've become as a team now. And I'm just so happy for them. You know, 49 and 25 on the season, uh, just really uh, getting back into the groove. And it, it, they have to because of some of the teams that are in the AL really doing their thing right now with the Yankees and the Red Sox, really just just, just killing it. Uh, so it's it, you have to keep pace with those teams. So it's, it's good to see Houston doing their thing. And even in their own division, Seattle, the Mariners playing really well this season. Mm. So you know when you're Houston, you have to kind of keep the pace this early in the season to position yourself well for the playoffs in a couple of months and when you got a rotation like they have with verlander on the mound it's 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 really cool to see what the astros have been able to do this season uh going coming off of a world series victory
1: not a huge uh, nhl fan but uh, this is certainly newsworthy especially when a coach wins a stanley cup and then literally uh, weeks later he is out of a job he Benny Trots I believe is his name from the Washington Capitals mm-hmm. he could not come to terms with an agreement with that franchise so he's basically a free agency a free agent and be looking to move on that's
2: crazy uh, when you win a championship and then you leave the team and you know if you know or if you follow the NHL you know that the caps have been just a long struggling franchise trying to get to that World to get to that uh that Stanley Cup they usually do okay in the playoffs but then get eliminated early usually by the Pittsburgh Penguins they were able to exercise that demon this season make it all the way to the Stanley Cup final and win the thing against the upstart Golden Knights uh, so it's just weird it's, it, it, the correlation might be you know Dwayne Casey mm-hmm. in Toronto yeah. you know being ousted after being the number one seed in the East eastern conference you know but when you uh lose the way that you did in the playoffs you can somewhat understand with that but this is just crazy you resign that would be like uh steve kerr leaving the golden mm-hmm. state warriors after winning a championship multiple championships and just saying you know what we can't come to terms i'm out you don't usually hear about that in professional sports, so that's that's crazy. Maybe that he just valued like
1: himself that. a little bit more than the franchise thought of him.
2: Maybe so, you know, but when if if you go back next season and then you don't do as well as you did, you kind of have to second-guess your decision. But then again, if they go back and go back to the Stanley Cup final and possibly win again, then you could say, well, maybe that was the best choice for the franchise. It's just going to depend on it.
1: Couple odds and ends on headlines on this uh, Tuesday morning. The LSU Tigers have offered uh, Deion Sanders' son, a dual threat quarterback out of Texas. He's a 6 foot, 175 pounder. Steve Ezeminger, the new offensive coordinator at LSU, has offered Prime Time's son. He's got a number of offers out there, including Florida State, but now LSU is also in the mix. Prof, I don't know if you saw this one too, but uh, there's an offensive tackle in uh, Texas. He weighs he's a three hundred and fifty five pounder, which you know he's a big boy, but he's six foot eleven, and they say he's still growing. Texas Tech has now offered him. He now joined that they joined the list of Arkansas, Baylor, Texas A and M. So a kid in Texas Tech, they say everything is bigger in Texas. Well, this offensive lineman certainly is. Six eleven, nearly seven feet tall. And three hundred and fifty-five pounds.
2: Uh, seven feet tall, and you can't teach that. That's that's gigantic. You know uh, what about the
1: throwing th- lanes there?
2: Th- none. <laughs> Sorry, you just you, you're gonna have to throw around him. Throw around him. Seven feet tall. Yeah. Wide as a barn door. <laughs> it's ridiculous.
1: Uh, I don't know if this should make the news and notes, but uh... To continues to make a push to try to come back. <laughs> So he's running a forty, I believe it was yesterday, and there's video to prove it. It was a uh, not timed, well, it was timed, but not electronically timed. It was by the, the old hand st- uh, stopwatch. Tio reportedly runs a four four forty at the age of forty four. <laughs> Hasn't played since two thousand and twelve, I believe.
2: Yeah, and he he continuously comes out and talks about how he can contribute to a team, huh? and you know it's he's a freak. Maybe you know, but I I don't know if you would want to gamble on a forty-four year old wide receiver. Wow. I mean, he's he's one of the greats. He's one of the greats mm-hmm. of all time. There's no question. But mm-hmm. he's forty-four. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to really gamble on that. Maybe somebody will. Maybe he'll be invited to a camp. Maybe he could go play in the CFL with Johnny Manziel. Well, even though Johnny Manziel's sitting on the bench, behind what Mazzoli <laughs> up there, so I I, I don't know. Uh, it's just we'll see, Tio. But I don't know. Do you want to? Do you want that in your locker room? Do you want that mouth in your locker room with <laughs> a guy who's forty-four years old?
1: A few of the headlines on this Tuesday morning. If we missed one or two, hit us up at 888 993 7762 It's all part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pink The starting lineup. Are you crying? The
0: starting lineup. Are you crying?
3: Starting lineup. Are you
0: crying? The starting lineup! This us no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup.
1: We're gonna talk a little World Cup coming up at 730. West Monroe soccer coach. Chris Barron will join us to discuss all the happenings in the Cup. And, of course, he's got a big camp taking place and a record-setting number out there participating. Coming up at 8 o'clock, we always love catching up with Gus Kattengill. We'll talk a little Pales, we'll talk a little Saints, and whatever else crosses our mind. Uh, Roy Lang, we were hoping to have him on the show yesterday. Pretty incredible story. In terms of him double-dipping his little side gig, being a caddy at the U.S. Open. Roy's back on the course this morning as he is with Philip Barbara Ray, and they're up in a big amateur tournament in Rhode Island. So he can't join us again live today. But we did tape an interview late last night, and we'll share a portion of that with you uh, throughout the show. Uh, pretty good stuff, of course, on the course at Shinnycock. Also, uh, the Phil Nicholson controversy. And also, what is it like to be a caddy on the PGA? Good stuff coming up from Roy Lang.
2: It's always good to hear from Roy Lang in any capacity, but I know how much he loves golf, and I did get a chance to hear some of him talking about Shinnecock last week. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, talk, hear about his experiences as a caddy on the PGA too.
1: And we got the professor—that's the voice that you hear. Nick Harrison is in the house and ready to go over the next hour and forty-five minutes. We're going to share some of uh, his skills, some of his parodies, some of his songs throughout. The next hour and forty-five minutes. I, Pre- prepare yourself. Do you have any new stuff, man?
2: I wrote two parodies on uh, the on the finals. Yeah. Never to get a chance to record them because there were technical difficulties in the studio. In this studio, as a matter of fact, no. Well, yeah, so? A- oh, absolutely. So it was hard for me to try to record them, uh, but it was it was two two different parodies that I wrote you I'm just can't win
1: it we just Bible. can't do it without uh you know just off the cuff
2: just'm
1: I'm I'm joking. joking I don't have joking. I don't
2: have my lyrics with me I'm I don't just joking it. It. but yeah I mean I've done it before <laughs> we've done it here on the uh on the station before but with the lag <laughs> but I would I wouldn't have any problem with it It's
1: just I wouldn't like put into the test man don't you know oh I know I know Aaron
2: you know it's just it
1: I' 888 993 7762. We're off and running on the morning drive on Sports Talk 97.
0: Are so. you ready? Let's get Let's back go. to the sports on the morning drive. This hour, is sponsored by Ronnie Ward Toyota Step of Ruston. And John L.
2: Yo, JL, we about to do this, man. Let's get rolling, okay. I can't deny it, it's been rough for the hogs. After two straight losses, went from favorites to underdog. It's hard to see through the fall. Who'd have thought you lose the ULM, but... Get your chin up. Had Tyler been up, then got rolled by the tide. Maybe Petrino should have never took that motorcycle ride. Hey. An oldie but goodie right there. Tell your story uh, walking. JL, you're gonna <laughs> take that man. I'm not talking It's actually so the while since I listened to this. For any little piece of and I lo- you guys act like this was show when the right after ULM the beat Arkansas yeah. to while John L. L. Smith was the coach. And it was hilarious, man. He came out and did that did that press conference where he was telling everybody to smile, smile. Yeah. And uh there's this old uh, rap song by scarface and tupac called smile Mm -hmm. so i thought i'd uh do a little mix them up with that and i invited john ellen to the studio drop a couple lyrics kind of and by invite to the studio i mean i found the interview and cut up the audio so we can get into the song Mm -hmm. it's just that that was i i I love that one
1: he had a uh, short career as the uh, head coach up there very yeah, everything looks so promising, what a top-ten team going into that game against uh, ULM, ranked, what, nine, number seven in some polls. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, afterwards, when Todd, Todd Berry went looking for him on the field, he was nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. Mm.
2: But he wants everybody to smile. Uh. <laughs> he wasn't smiling too much after that loss. Mm. So, yeah, it's it's always fun to, uh, to, to, especially when stuff like that goes on, In sports and in the media, it's always fun to kind of poke at it and uh, just have a little fun with it. So I enjoyed doing that one. That's one of my favorite parodies, really, is that one. So I I really like that.
1: Uh, Hogan says, that was a horrible memory. We were number eight. Thanks, guys. (laughs) You're welcome.
2: (laughs) It's funny. I was uh, talking to a buddy of mine. He's a, a pastor here in the area, and he was in Omaha. Uh, watching the world series he's an lsu fan though Uh he's like hey man if you guys get a chance to go to omaha make sure you do and if you're a hogs fan you need to get up there quickly because you know they're going to lose pretty soon (laughs) so (laughs) it's been rough for the hogs just like they said in the song just like i said in the song Uh,
1: tonight you got arkansas versus texas tech at six o'clock in the college world series Mother Nature permitting, of course. Trent says the time difference is killing me. Missing World Cup at work. Being an adult sucks.
2: It does. To, uh, little tip. Who's that? Trent? Yeah. It's a Trent. Become a teacher. Yeah. Get your summers off. <laughs> and you get paid.
1: And by the way, congratulations, uh, Professor. I don't know who you, uh, what, a Teacher of the Year in your school?
2: Yes. What yes. an honor. You know, whatever... Whatever profession I take on, I crush it. Uh, so <laughs> you don't lack confidence. <laughs> no, I don't. Mm. I don't at all. You got to have confidence when you go in there with those kids because they will destroy you if you don't go in with confidence. So, it's it's cool. I I it's I love what I do. I really do. And it's, you know, I you know, I pour it into my work. So, for them to recognize that is a tremendous honor and I really, really appreciate it. And you know, to be able to do that and still get some radio in. You know, I do uh the high school football Fridays uh in the fall. I do Grambling uh during the fall as well, which they look to have an awesome season this year, uh to piggyback off of last season and go back to the celebration bowl. So I, I'm really looking forward to that as that's just around the corner. We don't realize how close college football is, you know. It's just around the corner. So I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to
1: that. 80-some uh, days, matter of fact.
2: Not, not that fa- 80 days is not that far uh, away. It's right around the corner. What would man. be more
1: challenging, coming up with a, a game plan for a, a class for the day or to try to fill two hours on radio?
2: Two hours on radio.
1: Uh, nice.
2: Because I can come up with a game plan in the classroom like that. Yeah. It's not. It's not really. It's not necessarily a problem. You know. They. Uh, but doing it on radio. Game plan is probably hours.
1: not the right terminology there. Lesson plan. I apologize.
2: But still, it's <laughs> it's still a game plan. You know. I. It's funny how much I incorporate sports. I was going to ask you how much can you talk classroom?
1: sports in the classroom?
2: You. 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 It's not. That's not difficult either.
1: Is it frowned upon?
2: No. Not at all. You know, you use whatever methodology you can to get the lesson across to the students. And when you have a lot, especially when you have a lot of boys in the classroom, you know, you bring up Odell Beckham Jr. in my classroom and the kids are falling. Ooh, OBJ. They're falling out the the chair. So it's with a lot of boys in the classroom. Sometimes it's, it's 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 beneficial even. To bring up sports, to use sports as a corollary to what you're talking about in the classroom that day. Uh, sometimes the girls aren't really into it, but some of them, you know, it's basketball is a different story. All they right. Well, right, what would
1: think. the lesson plan then be centered around LeBron James this offseason? Uh,
2: about LeBron James this offseason. Well, if you had maybe a book right. about, oh, if let's talk, let's say you know you had your Dr. Seuss book, Oh, okay. the Places You'll Go, right? <laughs> I like it. You know, you you, you say well, LeBron James, all oh, the places you'll go. Yeah. LeBron, you could go to the 76ers and play in Philadelphia. Yeah. But you don't know how many players will be left there to help you. Yes. You could go to Los Angeles and play for the Lake show. Mm-hmm. There's so many people in the Western Conference that would probably say no.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Or you could go to the Rockets, take high into the sky. There may be some people in the division will ask themselves why all the places you'll go if your name is lebron james you know you want to go somewhere where you could win a lot of games
1: very good very well done
2: so you know it just it just depends on what you're talking about in the classroom you can usually correlate anything
1: i know you've probably seen these reports where chris paul continues to warn uh houston fans and people in houston that literally that uh lebron is not a big fan of h-town so do not get your hopes up
2: I can't help but get my hopes up, Aaron. I'm huh. sorry, huh. you know you're one there, but it's.
1: I guess with Houston H Town's too spread out. Maybe that's one of the reasons why he doesn't like it.
2: Well, it's very spread out, but one of the 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 benefits is the tax situation. Yeah, yeah. you know where he won't no, There's no state's tax. Yeah, so you know that means more money. Uh, part of the problem is the Rockets would really have to mortgage the farm to get him there Mm. they would have to get rid of so many players just to get him there it would basically be lebron you
1: got the big three
2: you'd have lebron you'd have james harden you'd have chris paul and then you have like a bunch of broomsticks as if it were (laughs) fantasia and they're all you don't have you don't really have a lot there if you bring him there uh i mean it's it's to me it's worth it because anytime you have lebron james on you he just took that cleveland cavaliers team to the finals and they had nothing nothing when your big three is consi- consists partly of jr smith you're in trouble mm. you're in trouble so it, it there's still hope for him to go there but it's looking more like a los angeles lakers situation maybe uh... depending on where he wants to go uh, you could put the packages and the pieces together for him to go to LA which is it, that's all Uh, Colin Cowherd wants to talk about mm. this summer is LeBron James going to Los Angeles if it were me I wouldn't want to go to LA because LeVar Ball is there that's just me I have no problem with LeVar LeVar Ball the father he's a great father if you want to support your kids, you go right ahead. But shut up every once in a while.
1: <laughs> Close take,
2: your traps, son. Uh,
1: let's talk a little uh, World Cup. We are certainly not experts, but we got a soccer expert coming up after the break. Chris Barron from West Monroe will join us on the Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7. That's coming up next. Baron here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. Nick Harrison sitting in with me here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio. And now joining us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline to talk a little uh, World Cup and soccer, Chris Barron from West Monroe. Chris, how you doing this morning, bud?
3: Good. Good morning. How are y'all?
1: Good. Uh, I'm trying to get into this World Cup, and I've made a commitment <laughs> to the, the world's watching, so I am going to make a, an effort to watch it. Uh, always have you on, and you always provide some uh, uh, great analysis and expertise. I first wanted to start with—I know you got a camp taking place out there at Rebel Stadium, and just an incredible turnout. Uh, what's it look yeah. like this year?
3: It—I mean, unbelievable. It just kind of exploded on us. We usually can get between eighty and hundred, and uh, we actually got one hundred. This is one hundred fifty-four, so we Ooh. we're up about fifty kids that we normally are, uh, which I, I was. Pleasantly shocked, and we scrambled a little bit, and I've called in some, some staff to get some extra people up here to work with them, and, and it all worked out. So we're looking forward to day two getting close getting up here in about 30 minutes.
1: Well, literally, there, there's a number of camps taking place across northeast Louisiana and will continue uh, throughout the summer, but there will be very few, if any, that will have that kind of turnout. What do you credit it to, and does the World Cup get some of that credit?
3: Uh, I would think, obviously, the World Cup does, uh, and even – negative publicity with the. US not making the, the, the tournament is still publicity so people know it's happening it's getting a lot of TV coverage um, you know it's not it's turning into more than just a, a niche sport I think uh, all across America but even here in, in northeast Louisiana um, and you know I was a football coach for, for 17 years but I've seen a kind of a shift away from it in the younger age groups. With football, you know, with the concussion issues and the and, the, and that's been getting a lot of headlines. So I think some parents are looking for alternatives for their younger kids and maybe holding off to play football till they're a little bit older.
1: Chris, you mentioned you, you used to do uh, football, but when did you really fall in love with this sport of soccer? Well, I
3: played soccer in high school uh, growing up in New Orleans, and you know, so I always had a love for it. I, I ended up walking in and played football over at, at Northeast UOM. Uh, and so I kind of put it in the back burner. And when as soon as I finished my eligibility, they, there was a club team at, at ULM, and I jumped on board. And and we played in some tournaments and with the guys. And most of those guys were international students; they were from other countries. And it just kind of it was kind of dumb luck. I was student teaching at Western High School. This was in 1999, and uh, and they had an opening for the teaching spot that I had, and the soccer coach had moved on, the boys soccer coach there. So it just was a natural fit for me. And. I kind of lost my way through the interview and acted like I knew way more about soccer than I did, and and I've just been kind of learning. Just been kind of learning
1: along the way. Uh, The million-dollar question—I think I ask you this uh, every other year, or especially when a World Cup rolls around. You get these kids, and they're certainly interested in the elementary ranks and somewhat through the junior high ranks. How do you keep that interest and keep them in the sport into the high school game?
3: Well, there's so much. Distracting them these days, whether it's technology or other sports, um, you just really got to do what we're trying to do at camp this week, which is hook them. You know, get them hooked on the sport. It's just a fan. Whether or not the parents understand it when they're watching it, a kid playing it is just having a ball. There's just there's you can look on their faces and the excitement. And when they, you know, we start camp out, kind of doing individual drills and working and all that. By the time we get to the end where they're actually playing, it's a whole different energy. I mean, they're just screaming and laughing. You're having a great time. You just got to get them hooked on it early. And then, you know, it's kind of like any sport. The guys that are going to become the elite players are the ones that are really hooked in. They're going to do the extra training, and they're going to become the stars. And uh, then you fill the rest of the teams with role players and, you know, and go from there. And, and you know, in our, at our high school, we've got, we've got several uh, girls that find in the last few years with colleges. So, I mean, there's these opportunities later on, too. And so some of these kids see that, but this is a, a pathway to college and and, and play beyond
1: all right this year's world cup uh, the ratings have been strong in this country and that's without the united states of course qualifying for the world cup Uh, let's start there just uh, how many steps backwards was this for soccer in this country with us not qualifying?
3: well honestly it was like a step backwards but about three forward you know it's really going to pay dividends it's sad this year And you hate it for those players that are going to miss their window of getting to to play in a World Cup because they put in a lot of work and those guys deserve it. You know, it just didn't – there was a lot of instability at the top with the coaching situation and everything. Uh, But they have clean house. And I don't know if you've watched the U.S. soccer match. They had two little friendlies against France, and and, uh, they played earlier. I think it was Italy. Um, I can't recall who the other team was. But they had good showings, and I didn't know – about three of the kids on the team, and I and I follow soccer I've never even heard of some of them, but when I when I go down and look at the roster, there's 20 of them on the roster right now who will play in Europe, and that's the key. They're not playing in the MLS, no just, no disrespect to the MLS, but it's an inferior league to the Premier League or to La Liga or to the German League, you know, Bundesliga, or, or any of the leagues in Europe. And so these guys, you know, your Michael Bradleys, your Clint Dempsey's, uh, all these other guys, even your landed Donovan's back a few years before that, they all kind of hid out, I guess you could say. They stayed home here in America because the dollars were there. You know, their their names, their endorsements, and things like that. Instead of going and challenging themselves in Europe to get better and play against the best competition in the world, so their development kind of stopped. If that makes sense. And these young guys are not afraid of that. They're going over there and playing and getting tested. Some of them are over there playing on a B team of a of a Premier League club But they're getting better competition and better training.
1: So I, I take it you're hopeful when, uh, of course, the, the yeah. announcement that 2026, uh, the joint effort between Canada, United States, and Mexico to land the World Cup, by 2026, the United States will be a viable contender.
3: I, I don't see how they won't be. I just really don't. They got to get a coach. They don't have a coach yet. Uh, nothing set in stone. Um, They've had a change at the top. The president of U.S. soccer has changed, although it's kind of a guy that was already winning VPs. You think there's going to be some different modes of, of training going on and different ways of bringing them up through the club levels? But, you know, I kind of didn't finish. I guess I didn't answer the question. The, 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 what it's going to do for our program overall is we're going to have younger players who are getting tested. Best play against the best players in the world, so that when they do show up, and I don't even think it's going to take 26 to get there. I think in 22 we're going to requalify, and then we're going to make some noise uh, like we did back in the early 2000s, late the late 19 in the 90s. We we got to the quarterfinals, you know, and I guess it was 2002, um, uh, or, or it was 1990, whatever it was, 1998. I mean, we we are set with these young players right now to, to, to make a splash.
1: From a guy that's been to a few friendlies and some huge uh, games or matches, uh, how would you describe that scene when you've attended those matches?
3: Holy cow, yeah. I went to the Copa Centenario, if I'm pronouncing it right. It was like basically us and South America in a big tournament in 2016. I took my Anybody that friends with me on Facebook saw the video I took where we watched Messi mm-hmm. score a hat trick in Soldier Field in 19 minutes. He got on as a sub because he had been injured. And in 19 minutes, he scored a hat-trick, and one of them was an unbelievable free kick. And, I mean, it is just – I've got, got chills on my arm right now thinking about it. And and maybe not because I saw Messi, but just the reaction of my son and how exciting it was in the crowd. It's There's, there's nothing like it. And they're cheering the whole match energy in one of those stadiums. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's crazy. Uh, and then I went and saw – The U.S. and Argentina later on. Actually, during my camp, my assistant coach and I drove to Houston after camp to watch U.S. Argentina, and then we drove straight back and had camp that next morning. Uh, drove straight from Houston, watched the game, drove straight back. That was a that was a pretty interesting trip. But those uh, those fans are fanatical, and and you know, a lot of people maybe don't like you know you know in the, the climate of our country today, where foreigners this and that. But when you have those kind of people and and you know, you see that the passion that they bring to it, it, it just kind of rubs off on you. Um, so it's a, it a, safe it a, to yeah, it
1: Safe to say, when twenty twenty six rolls around, you will be at a World Cup event.
3: Oh yeah, I've already started saving. I'm gonna set up a little savings account, <laughs> and uh, with my little paltry teacher story, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna chip away at it, and uh, we're gonna to go to as many as I can. Probably go up north and just have a little base camp. I've already kind of planned the Philadelphia area or Boston area, and then just kind of go out to the other ones. And hit them as they approach. I'm gonna try to make as many as I possibly can because it's not going to happen again, uh, you know, for a long, long time.
1: All right, Chris. I know I know you got to run to your camp, but uh, just real quickly, you're looking at the World Cup and the, and the matches you've watched so far, and there have been a number of surprises. What stands out the most to you so far?
3: I think you know the thing that stands out that's most disappointing is Argentina kind of underperforming. But again, everybody's sitting there looking at. You know, Iceland's this little tiny country that shouldn't be able to do anything. But those guys have put a squad together, and they're all playing in Europe, and they're monsters. So I don't really think, you know, the media was talking about, oh, Messi's done, Argentina's done. I think they're going to come out and get out of that group. Uh, I was shocked, as a lot of people were, that Germany lost to Mexico. But, again, there's that passion that the Mexican, the people of the country and the players, I mean, they were coming off the field crying. That's the biggest win they probably ever had. Uh, against a German team that's you know favored by everybody, they're just kind of methodical. The, the, you know, they just are the, the power team in the whole deal. Um, and uh, and Mexico overcame that. But I mean, what you're seeing is you know even these smaller countries, Tunisia gave England all they wanted yesterday. Lots of problems. Uh, Switzerland Brazil tied. The rest of the world is good at soccer. I mean, they just are. You know, and they're putting a lot of energy and a lot of focus into it. And hopefully the United States will do the same. And with with our athletic background and the and the population size that we have, and uh, you know, if we can translate that into something, there's no reason why the U.S. can't be very, very, very competitive in the next two World Cups and beyond.
1: Uh, can, congratulations on the turnout this week. I take it this is the one and only week, or we guys have another one. It is.
3: Some. It is. If I had some 2020 hindsight, I would probably have two weeks of camp and split it up. Um, but we're making the best of it. We're having a blast out here. Uh, and uh, next year I probably will have two two different camps. So hopefully people will be looking for that. And uh, and we'll take as many of them as we can get next year too and just keep spreading this sport around and hopefully get these little ones hooked on it. It's a fantastic sport for little kids, fitness, coordination, uh, you name it. And it's a perfect cross-training sport for any other sport that these, that these kids choose to play too. So it's all good.
1: Bud, appreciate the time. Thank you.
3: Hey, thank you. Y'all take care. You
1: bet. Chris Barron, West Monroe's soccer coach, some good insight there on the World Cup and of course the popularity of soccer in this country.
2: Yeah, I mean it's <clears throat> you would think that with the popularity in soccer growing and more focus on soccer coming here in the States that they would try to, you know, bolster up the team. We don't really even have a coach right now. U.S. Men's National Team, their coach is the interim coach, and he's lived on well past his expiration date. So the real question is, who is the coach that we think can lead the U.S. into the next World Cup and beyond? Uh, You just heard uh, Graham talking about how they're probably, you know, they they should be better by 22, and most definitely by the time the World Cup gets. Back to the states in twenty six, so I am just, I am just wondering, you know, how who's it going to be? Mm-hmm. Who's going to lead us on? We need a coach.
1: Uh, he mentioned Iceland, <clears throat> uh, the country of uh, three hundred and thirty four thousand people. You know what kind of ratings they got for that uh, game against Argentina? What kind? Uh, it's estimated that ninety nine point six percent of the people were watching. <laughs>
2: The entire country. Who, who? The point
1: four percent is that what you want to know? Who are
2: the four point four? Who aren't watching? What are they watching? Mama's Family. I don't know. <laughs> what you got going on in Iceland, man? Those are pretty Seriously. good ratings.
1: Ninety nine point six percent.
2: See, I can't even cheer for Iceland anyway because they were the bad guys in Mighty Ducks too. Uh, so I can't, I can't bring myself to cheer for Iceland.
1: Uh, just to put that in perspective, uh, a great Super Bowl. They estimate that forty five percent of this country is watching the Super Bowl. Iceland, for this game, 99.6.
2: Again, who are the point for? i I'm not even worried about the 99.6. That's great. Fantastic. They, they, they go Good on work, you, Iceland.
1: They go to work the next day. Hey, what happened last night?
2: So, did you guys watch the game? Yeah. No. No, I didn't watch the game. So, what were you doing? Uh, I don't know. Uh,
1: Seinfeld was on. Yodeling. <laughs>
2: yeah. I don't know.
1: It nine nine three seven seven six two. Thanks for listening to this, uh, the morning drive on Sports Talk 977. We're back after this. I'll the best of the professor, Nick Harrison deep. continues to roll along. Jason David.
2: Mm-hmm. What can you do, do you don't <laughs> use, you a use a cover, cover too. Even though Even though That's why he's got a ring. That guy's got a, ring. Got a ring.
1: He was pretty bad.
2: He, he was horrible. Us <laughs> and it was really a scheme issue cuz they used the cover 2 in Indy before he came to the Saints. And you know you you think that he because he Jason David was replacing Fred Thomas, who we affectionately called Toast Thomas because he kept getting toasted on the field. Uh Jason David we thought could be a great replacement for him, but Jason David was possibly worse. Than Toast Thomas. He was constantly getting beat. Just it was just a it was just a bad move all around. And at that time it was because we were talking about him almost every day on the station. And Gus hated him too. Gus couldn't stand him. <laughs> like we're we're, t- we're talking to Gus.
1: Gus will join us in the next segment.
2: In the next segment. So when we
1: bring, we'll just say Jason David and see what he says.
2: He may fall out of his chair.
1: He'll just grunt. The
2: call may accidentally drop (laughs) when we mention uh, (laughs) Jason David.
1: Uh, Gary says, I've always wanted to tell Nick that the Glenn Harris parody is simply the best song that that there is. Chasing the squirrels and dragging the deer is just classic good stuff. (laughs) Keep up the good work.
2: (laughs) That, oh, Mr. Glenn, shout out to Glenn Davis, man. Love Glenn Davis. He was on Glenn me. Harris. Glenn Glenn Harris. <laughs> shout, shout out to Glenn, to Glenn Davis, Davis too. Yeah, there you go. Shout out to Glenn Davis eating uh, Popeyes chicken yeah. on Learjets, escaping charges. <laughs> shout out to you, big baby. Um, Glenn Harris had had been on me for the longest to do that intro to his uh, to his segment today. As a matter of fact, on the show on Tuesday, so you'll get to hear it. Uh, during the sports company today, which I'll actually be on the sports company from 3 to 6, so that'll be cool. And, you know, Mr. Glenn had been on me for the longest to do that, and I went and did it, and, you know, they've never changed it. He doesn't want a new open. He doesn't want to change it, want to do anything different. You know, I don't blame him because it's really
1: good, Aaron. (laughs) Uh, Richie says, remix Jason David for Brandon Browner. He sucks, too. <laughs> yeah.
2: May have to do that. Yeah. We may have to do the Brandon Browner tune. Yeah. It's, it's quite possible.
1: Uh, CJ says when we're talking about Iceland, and, of course, the ratings, the 99.6% of the people in that country are watching the game. Perhaps, he says, the 0.4% have no power or cable, no TV.
2: There you go. Got to be Go to a friend's house then. What are you doing? Why are you sitting in your house ice fishing mm. in the middle of your floor? Well, that's not Iceland. That's Greenland. Iceland is actually lush. Anyway, uh, yeah, just go watch it at somebody's house. What are you doing? Seriously.
1: Easy segue here as we kind of get into Roy Lang and his uh, side gig that he has, of course, uh, being a caddy in the U.S. Open. His full-time job being a writer for the Shreveport Times. You got a nice uh, part-time gig this summer. I'm always fascinated by people that are, are Uber or Lyft drivers.
2: Yeah, I've uh, been driving Uber.
1: Is it going well in uh, Northeast Louisiana? It
2: is. You know, it's uh, there are peak times. You know, a lot of times in the morning, you're going to get people who are trying to drive you to the airport. Some folks from out of town. Uh, during the night, it's usually the people who really can't drive their own cars. How do you or, handle
1: the drunks?
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just go right. no no easing into it for you Aries yeah. like how do you handle the drunks <laughs> what do you do sometimes with you got to go with the lushies. soft
1: approach for the question sometimes you just got to dive right in just it. go for the jugular yeah. how do you deal with the people who you are You try drunk? to get them from point A to point B basically
2: yeah just drive slow no sharp turns maybe carry a nice little plastic bag in the back seat yeah. just in case uh they love to talk there was one girl who. I
1: uh, thought you were going to go uh, when I asked that question. Uh, how do you handle the drunks? And you could have responded, "Well, I, I tried to ask you that question on Saturday." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to
2: put you out there yeah. like that, Aaron. I don't. The world doesn't need to know yeah. about Aaron Dietrich's dealings <laughs> uh, on the weekend. And there was this one girl who just talked to me the entire time. Yeah. Uh, she was vaping. Yeah.
1: Did you get um, her number afterwards? Nope. Oh. And Did be, not. That wouldn't be ethical. No in the Uber world.
2: I I I know. Yeah. I don't know. That's not I don't do that. Okay. That's
1: just you know, it's just driving. I feel very people uncomfortable. To okay, I'm sorry. So she was talking a lot.
2: Yeah, she was. She was talking a great deal. And uh just about all kind of random stuff. Yeah. So it was, but it was funny. And then she was Snapchatting in the passenger seat while I'm driving, trying to get me in the snap. And I'm like, hey, I'm driving. Mm. I kind of can't look into your camera because I'm trying to keep us from dying. <laughs> so just you do that over there while I drive you to your destination. And it's just it. But it's cool. You know, you get to meet some interesting people. It's a lot of fun. Uh, you make a little scratch on the side, uh-huh. so you know I would I would suggest it to our listeners, but uh, I don't want too many people driving Uber because that, <laughs> then that competition, drives, yeah, drives down my money. So, uh, Randy uh, yeah. wants to
1: know how many airline runs do you make in a week? Uh,
2: usually about one a day. Uh-huh. Uh, there are a lot of people who come into town on business, uh, especially at the beginning of the week, so you you're usually getting a call to a hotel to go and pick them up and take them to the airport. Uh, you know, actually, last week, I picked a couple of guys up that I was supposed to take them to the airport later. Uh, but I didn't pay attention to where the destination was supposed to be. They weren't going straight to the airport. They wanted to go to the Waffle House first and eat breakfast. Oh, uh, Your rating took a beating. No, they actually still gave me a five-star rating. Uh, what's I'm your, what's very your rating right now? What's your rating right now? It's a 4.75. Nice. I uh, got all five-star ratings except for one one-star rating. Ooh. I don't know who that was, but whoever it is is a jerk because I didn't do anything <laughs> wrong.
1: All right, so your second job is being an Uber driver. Roy Lang's second job from the Shreveport Times is to be a caddy. Doesn't seem fair, does it? And no. to be a caddy that gets to hold the bag or be on the bag of a U.S. Open? That, that's not fair at all. Yeah. So, uh, yes, last night I caught up with uh, Roy, and we discussed being at the U.S. Open on Thursday, carrying the bag for Philip Barbera, and you're coming up – to the tee box at number one. What was it like,
0: man? It was uh, well. The first off to when they announced his name Thursday, Philip Barbery's name Thursday afternoon. I seriously thought I was going to puke on the first tee. <laughs> I was nervous. I was happy. I was excited. Um, you know, more, more. I was nervous. I mean, I brought an extra pair of boxers just in case <laughs> it got too big for me. So, it. I mean, it truly was the the biggest stage i'd ever been on in that capacity it is weird you know we've covered events like that i've been around all those guys that were in that tournament but this truly was different to actually be competing and i say that because you know it, it is sort of a team out there he's doing everything but but we are certainly competing it was uh it was something i'll never forget and i'm and i'm just glad i made it through it honestly
1: all right round one uh, at what point do your feet hit the fairway or the greens and you started able to concentrate on the task at hand and what is what you guys are uh, tackling and the, the huge challenge that you faced on thursday
0: uh you know a couple a couple holes in i mean you know, when, when i could tell that he sort of settled down you know he's 19 years old i could just imagine <laughs> You know, I can't really imagine what it felt like for him. So when I noticed that he calmed down, I mean, first of all, the problem is we're playing the toughest golf course I I had seen in in a competition. And so at some point you just got to snap out of it, hey, we're at the U.S. Open, but, man, we got to grind here. Mm. And, uh, you know, he was only one over, I believe, through nine holes, playing really well. Um, So it was, you know, second or third hole because I I really – my job is just to keep him – focused i mean i i I have to keep him on the straight and narrow as much as possible and and once those nerves stopped i I would guess it was about the third tee or something like that where they went it went from being nervous and having that feeling of i'm gonna puke to Mm -hmm. holy cow this is a tough golf course the winds are coming up and we just really need to concentrate
1: imagine what kind of thrill that was for roy lang Being on that course in that moment, of course, Roy's had the opportunity. He's an accomplished golfer in his own. But to be with the, you know, rubbing elbows with those athletes and, of course, being on that course with the entire country watching pretty cool stuff. Of course, uh, that course had the best of the world's best on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. I asked Roy about the course. All right, obviously we're having a, a little issue uh, loading that one. We'll get into more uh, Roy Lang sound coming up. We talked about the course. We talked about the role of the caddy, and also uh, what is it like for uh, the world's greatest golfers when they go to one of these events, what are they treated like? I think you'll be surprised by uh, his comments and uh, what he has to say. That will be coming up uh, later in the show. Coming up next, we're going to talk a little uh, NFL football. Uh, the mini camps have wrapped up Prof. So now, uh, basically, they get a, a month to kind of stay out of trouble before a training camps get underway in late July.
2: It's going to be hard. It's hard to stay out of trouble when you're in the, the niffle. So uh, I'm, I'm anxious to see what stories pop up before camp. You know, this is the kind of world that we live in now where we're checking TMZ as much as we are checking, you know, FoxSports.com or any of your other sports uh, websites. It's just... It's crazy. So, hey,
1: we were talking about Jason David, and we should have tied this in. Did you see the news with uh, Delvin Bro, of course, the former Saints uh, cornerback? Uh, Man, he was fantastic back in uh, 2016. Yeah. He has now uh, inked a deal with uh, a CFL team. Delvin Bro's career really got sidetracked. Of course, he came down with that injury and the big uh, brouhaha that centered around that, misdiagnosed by the team doctors, Mm -hmm. and basically, uh, you know derailed his career he goes from 2016 being one of the best in the league to now being in the cfl in 2018
2: you know and that that happens man it's 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 always weird to see players who did you know were so promising and did so well uh... in the league just tumble down and to see Devin bro where he is now with the uh, hamilton tiger cats it's just But hopefully this is a path for him because some guys use the CFL as a path to get back into the league. So hopefully for Bro, going to the CFL and playing for a year will be a path for him to get back into the league and prove that he can be that player that we saw back in 2016.
1: Once again, shows you the uh, window of opportunity, though, and you have to capitalize when you can. Let's take a timeout, 7 o'clock hour in the books. Coming up next, Gus Kattengill joins us from the Big Easy, the morning drive on Sports Talk 97.7, back after this.
0: I'm Ari Wolf with the NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Odo Beckham Jr. is looking for a new deal this offseason, but told our Kim Jones he will attend Giants training camp in mid-July. OBJ didn't take part in any team drills at minicamp last week, but head coach Pat Shermer told reporters he has been cleared to practice. Steelers QB Ben Roethlisberger says he's not concerned with getting a record-breaking deal when he is up for a new contract. Big Ben was still two years remaining on his current deal, since he's more concerned with winning Super Bowls and getting his teammates paid. The Panthers locked up their first-round pick on Monday. Why not DJ Moore signing his four-year rookie deal? The former Maryland Terrapin is- Thanks for listening to the Best of the Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.